Welcome to Pop Culture Federation. Welcome to the Pop Culture Federation Podcast. I'm your host, Mikey. I'm Matt. I'm Ron. <laughs> Today's part one of our latest series on the X-Men films. Wow, really? Uh, X-Men. If you didn't get it by that wonderful rendition of the 1992 animated series cartoon, then, well... Guess not. Then someone lives under a rock. It's available now on Disney Plus. Is it? True. Yes. It is. Shut up. Same as X Men Evolution. I'm pretty sure is on Disney Plus also. I am fact checking. Our intern is fact checking that right now, as it's on our intern's phone. <laughs> uh, it is, in fact, on um, Disney Plus. I have it in my queue. Shut up. Um, no way. Although Spider-Man the Animated Series is not. It was. I remember it was. Did they, they probably took it off. Uh, I think it's on Hulu, though. Well, anyway. Holy crap, the Sentinels are in the first episode? I don't remember that. Yeah. yeah. It's Night of the Sentinels. Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow, that's guns a-blazing. Okay. Um, it's one of the best first episodes of any cartoon ever made. Well, that's I guess, a big, big of true statement. I guess I know what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> Taking a bath. Whacking off to Sentinels? <laughs> hey, Sentinels, I'm going to whack it to you. <laughs> you know what the Sentinels weren't in? X-Men number one. Why don't you tell us about it, Matt? That's right. They were not in X-Men one. Uh, so X-Men one is... It's a mo- movie that changed the superhero genre... Forever. Wow. And ever and ever. Wow, wow, wow. Um, is it... It's not... It's the first Marvel movie to hit the big screen in a long time, if I remember correctly. False. Yeah, since 1998. No. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. there you go. Since 1998. What was, was 19... What was 98? Blade. Blade. Oh, boy. Blade. <laughs> uh, All right, but well. before, before Blade, yeah, like... Howard the Duck. Well, no, you got oh, the... Oh, boy. No, Howard you, the Duck. You got the early 1990s um, Captain America movies starring J.D. Salinger's kid. But that never was in the big screen. I, I thought it was. No. Fantastic Four was going to be before they... Anyway. I'm pretty sure I'm talking... Uh, the, the Panels to Frames producer is in my ear, and he's saying that the Captain America movie did at one point hit movie theaters in the 1990s. We are already off the rails. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, okay. we'll, uh, we'll fact check that one while Matthew tells yes. us a little bit about the X-Men movie. All right. So uh, on July 4th, 2000, this little old franchise of a bunch of mutants running around and fighting crime and saving the world called the X-Men released into theaters. Uh, the director was Brian Singer. Producers were Ralph Winter, Lauren Schuler donner And uh, our future friend of the show... Kevin Feige was a little old associate producer, which I believe we were talking before was, 
I think it was one of his first gigs as a producer. Um, the budget to this movie was $75 million with a box office of $296.3 million Dang. and a runtime of 104 minutes. Now, the cast is one of a kind for for the time because they had so many... They had these well-known actors, such as Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen, as well as these up-and-coming actors like James Marsden, and Halle Berry, and Hugh, Hugh Jassman. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, in order, it was Hugh Jackman as Logan slash Wolverine, Sir Patrick Stewart as Professor Charles Xavier, Sir Ian McKellen as Magneto. Oh, I should <laughs> What's Jean Grey's first name? Femke? Femke. Femke Jansen as Jean Grey. <laughs> James Marsden as Scott Summers or Cyclops. Halle Berry as Storm. Anna Paquin, Paquin as Rogue. Paquin. Re- Paquin. Paquin as Rogue. Re- I am wonderful with names, can you tell? Rebecca Romaine Stamos as Mystique. <laughs> and Bruce Davidson as Senator Kelly. Oh shit! Bruce uh, Davidson is. I'm sorry. The 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 dude who plays Scott Summers. I always get his name confused with Spike from Buffy. That actor's name. That's Scott Mars. Scott Marsden and James Marsden. Are they? Are they related? Aren't they both named James? Are they? I'm pretty sure that. Wait, Matt. The Cyclops in this movie is James Marsden, right? Yes. But who's the one from Puffy? Or Angel, whatever. They're all using both. So James <laughs> Mars. Oh James Marsters with a T. I mean oh. Yeah. Versus Mars Den. I mean yeah. It's a pretty easy name to confuse. No, yeah, it's really Easy. They don't look alike. Yeah. So the guy from the guy like who, the guy who played Spike and Buffy literally has like the most awkward cheekbones I have ever seen on a human being. <laughs> I, I've met him in IRL. He's really nice. But I digress. But did he have weird cheekbones IRL? <laughs> no. What? He looked quite lovely. <laughs> I'm not oh. saying he's not handsome, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, so I'll do a little explanation of the movie. Buff X Men, not Buffy, because that's James Marsden, not James Marston, or whatever. I don't care. No, you got to do the other Take way around. Take that, flip it around. Flip it around. Whatever. I now I'm confused, <laughs> and I have the notes in front of me. Jesus. All right. All right. So. <laughs> so uh, basically, the premise of the movie is. Uh, is uh, these mutant beings uh, which are basically humans are kind of separated into humans and these mutants which are basically human beings that have these uh, I don't want to call them superpowers but they have a different DNA structure than normal human beings and that makes them gifted and so naturally that means that human beings hate them um with senator kelly uh being a big advocate towards this act that would basically get rid of mutants um and so mutants themselves are divided into 
Magneto who are like, yo, fuck the humans. I'm cool. I'm Magneto. I have this cool ass helmet. And Charles Xavier is like, no, we should use these gifts so that our mutant brethren and uh, our and mutants and human beings, I couldn't think of the human being, could get along. Um, <laughs> They're taking over, Matt. Yes, I know. It, it's He's in my brain as we speak. Uh, and so it fo- the opening act follows Rogue, who um, gets her first kiss from a boy and immediately puts him into a seizure. <laughs> and immediately runs away to northern Canada, where she meets Logan... Or Wolverine. We've all been there. (laughs) Yeah, naturally. (laughs) Uh, And so they go into the countryside, and lo and behold, Logan's BFF, Sabretooth, comes and tries and kills him. Um, And that brings them to Charles Xavier School for the Gifted, and then nothing happens for a long time. There's a lot of exposition going on. Senator Kelly gets kidnapped and turned into a mutant, and then there's this big uh, battle on Ellis Island because Magneto's like, fuck the humans, they all deserve to be mutants like us, ha 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 ha. And everybody, and then the X-Men win. And that's basically what I got from the first X-Men movie. I'm not pretty far off, right? I mean, you forgot the part about no. the frog, but yeah. Oh yeah, there's a dude that, there's a guy named Toad and he's a frog like dude you know you know who played that actor you know who that was was it james marston (laughs) no it was ray park who would later go on to be darth maul you mean oh you mean was already darth maul yeah did yes this this came out before yes after this came out in 2000 phantom menace was the late 90s yeah phantom menace was 1999 i'm pretty sure yeah. Yes, it was. Um, what's your? You want to give your grade, or do you want us to give our thoughts on it? Yeah, let's give thoughts first. <clears throat> May I run? No, please. Go ahead. So I think this was actually a the best. Mm, no, I'm gonna say it. I think at the time. This was the best superhero movie that ever came out. Wow. It. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Batman Forever it, uh, is weeping. It's. um. Christopher Reeves it, Superman has joined the chat. So. Now, though, I say I think the 70s Superman and the 89 Batman are better. But I think for the time, this really um, revolutionized how we were going to get movies going forward and it really set the stage up for Spider-Man. The the way it was all filmed, it wasn't a 90s styled film, if that makes sense. Because like the 90s had their very 90s action sequence and like very action scenes. And that was the, 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 the genre, the way 90s were described. But the this movie ushered in the... 2000s era and that's like the type of action movies we got so i think from a story standpoint i i think they try to put too many characters in at once 
Mm-hmm. Um, I I think the Wolverine and Sabretooth were, were given, and maybe that could have developed a little bit more. Um, then I I get understand Toad. Uh, well, actually, he wasn't really necessary. No, to be honest, um, <laughs> not at all. If you were gonna go with Mystique, uh, Mystique has been a mainstay in most of the X Men movies. She's a mainstay in the comics. She's actually a mainstay in the '90s cartoon. I'm not the hugest fan of Mystique personally. Actually, I don't really like the X Men much, to be honest. Like, but like the the I, movie series or the no the the comics, the characters in general. Oh, okay. I think the best, my favorite X Men is Gambit, uh, but the Craw Daddy himself. <laughs> I, yeah, I think Gambit's the best one, but we're gonna take them down. Go Tigers! <laughs> I'm sorry, oh, Mike. God. Please. <laughs> no, it the laughter is very much appreciated. Shout out to Ed Osheron. So the, so I think the casting for, I think the casting was very on point for this movie, better than any, possibly better than any of the movies until you get to the Avengers, but that's an ensemble, um, from different movies. Patrick Stewart as Professor X is, is that he just looks the part that is the best Professor X I think we've got. And I think we'll ever get the James Marsden. <laughs> it's going to be something that messes us up the whole day now. <laughs> he he really captured the essence of asshole Scott. I think Cyclops and Scott Summers is the worst character in X-Men or one of them. Worst main character. Whoa. He is, Whoa. He is a terrible leader. He is very selfish. He is just an asshole. And he's very... He thinks he's... He's arrogant and he thinks he's all that in a bag of chips. Dude, he's just trying to get when, his dick wet. Oh my gosh. I know. And that's the problem half the time. And we, gotta, we gotta email this to comic book, comic book girl 19 and just see what her thoughts are. Oh my god. I, what? I don't... I But I think he actually very much portrays asshole Scott very well. Um... I think the Mrs. Stamos was, or Mrs. Miss X Stamos. Rebecca Romain. You mean Mystique? She did, a, she did a great job as Mystique. Yeah. Uh, I, I think even better than Jennifer Lawrence. But You know, it took her seven hours to get into like makeup and all of that. So, like, yeah. It's very impressive. Yeah, it's, it's nuts. The um, Femke... Again, I think Jean Grey is a very boring character. Um, I think Jean, when she becomes Phoenix, she just becomes OP. And every time they go and revisit that and they revisit Jean, it's like, oh, Jean's crazy. She's battling with the Phoenix Force in her head. She really has these, like, mental breakdowns. And it's like, all right, enough already. Like, it was, we got it. We got Dark Phoenix. We got the whole Phoenix saga. It's fine. Why do you keep doing it? Either... If she's OP, either kill her off, dumb down her powers. But Jean Grey is a very boring character to me. Um, as that being said, Femke looked the part. She looked like Jean. Um, 
This was the first time we got Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. The best comic casting ever, I think. Yeah, I'd say that. Perfect. He looks like the character. He portrayed it so, so well. He was the best part of the movie. Um, Ian McKellen as... Or Sir Ian McKellen as Magneto. Also a great job. He very much captured that old man anger that you would expect from a Holocaust survivor, just somebody out to get revenge. Michael Fassbender did a similar job portraying a younger version of that, but you you got that sly, like, old man genius behind Sir Ian McKellen, and he did a great job at that. And then... Hmm, am I missing any characters? Oh, Anna Paquin as Rogue. Um, I actually liked it, and I think she portrayed Rogue very well. I would have liked the southern accent better to match the cartoon and her eventual eventual that reunion with Gambit that we never got. But um I think she did a great job having her be like the main character of the movie. I didn't really get where they were going with that and why they picked Rogue because in the comics and in the cartoon, if they were using any of those as source material, Rogue was never a main focal point. Uh, so I'm not really sure why they chose her. Anyway, it wasn't bad. It was a good choice. The story was great. Um, how they did it, how they led up to it. The the end. Oh, and um, Halle Berry a Storm. Awesome choice. Great job. Looked the part. Uh, she pretty. I think she got a younger Storm vibe. Uh, I think if they. And I read too that they, the reason they had those outfits, the jumpsuits was because when they did the test footage with them in their actual costumes from the comics, they all look stupid. So, I think maybe... I think for what it was, it was fine. You got the Quinjet in there. You had the Xavier School. You saw the other kids, the other mutants that were there. So, you saw, um, like, a young Kitty Pride. I don't know if they showed her. Yep. I remember... Uh, who else did we see? Oh, Iceman and Pyro. Uh, I liked... What they did with that, they showed them as friends, and then Pyro goes off to be with Magneto. Uh, it's very much setting up for the future, which didn't climax like it was supposed to. Uh, I Pyro is actually my second favorite X-Men character. Love Pyro. I think the, the actor looked the part. Um, he wasn't Irish, but that's okay. Uh, but they... I guess we'll talk about later movies, but they didn't go anywhere with that story of Iceman Pyro, like they, I think we're feeding it into it, but showing Magneto building the Brotherhood slowly was a good choice. Um, I didn't really like the plot of them trying to turn everybody into mutants, where everybody turned to like, where like Senator Kelly turned like a blob of flesh. Yeah. And, like, that whole thing in New York. I mean, it made for a cool special effect for 2000. But it was very... Mm, it, it was very comic booky Because it was something you would read in, like, a standalone issue. Like, oh, Magneto built this device to try to turn all of New York into mutants. Can the X-Men stop him? Find out. In these 32 pages. And they really, you know, got that vibe going. But I didn't really care for it in terms of a for the movie plot if that makes sense yeah 
Well, my big but, my biggest problem with the movie is that there really wasn't anything going on. And then the last half hour is like, okay, we're going to Statue of Liberty and we're going to turn everybody into a mutant. And it was just like, uh, oh, okay. Like, there was like nothing going on. And then the last half hour, like, it just, they like poured a bucket of like action and like everything like in my face. And I was like, oh, oh, it's over. Oh, Magneto's in jail now? What the fuck? Like, it was crazy. The the plastic prison that they put him in was cool. Yeah. At the end. Um, and then some of the effects too, and the scenes where like you first saw Wolverine's claws, where he's in the bar fights, and then like he goes out and you see it like pierce through his skin, and his skin folds over and the claws come out. Like a lot of that was really cool, especially at the time when you saw it for the first time. You're like, wow, like this is this is awesome. Um, so I, I did appreciate all that with this movie. Ron, do you have anything to say? Anything to piggyback off of that? Uh, yeah. Um, I thought the movie, uh, you know, at the time, I thought it was really cool. Um, you know, now 20 years later, um, I think that, like, you know, it, time has not aged it as well as some other movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's still good. It's still a jumping off point. To Mike's point of, you know, like, this kind of kicked off the whole, you know, era of superhero films, I would more say, like, this is, like, if you're going to, like, a Mexican restaurant, this movie was, like, the chips and salsa, and Spider-Man was, like, the fajitas, like, the main course. That's a good uh, analogy or metaphor. Yeah, yeah that's a good um, one. It's really good, and, actually. That pretty much sets it up. Yeah. Um, and then Daredevil was the flan <laughs> dessert. <laughs> Yeah, but it can't. It was in the oven like two minutes too long. Daredevil was the the shit that you took afterwards, and you got home, and you're like, "Why?" It was all so good. I would say that was Hulk. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, or maybe Fantastic Four. I will talk about it at a different time. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. This the first movie. You know, it was good. It just set everything up. And, like, you know, you also got to remember, I mean, like, at that time, there was no, it wasn't even a thought that most people had of, oh, like, maybe we should, like, build a cinematic universe, or maybe we should do, you know, like, all of these things. It was just like, oh, let's make a good move. Let's, like, make, let's make one good movie. But the problem is, like, why X-Men was in development hell for, like, I think since, like, the mid to late 80s, was it's just like, oh, you're going to have you pretty much have to have like five to six main characters. Cause you got like professor X, Magneto, Cyclops, Jean gray, Wolverine, and they all need to be prominent. And I feel like they just like kind of got it right. Obviously with like, you know, those characters, but I also found myself not only laughing at, you know, calling Gambit craw daddy. I think that is fucking hysterical, but um, pretty much Scott Summer's entire arc throughout these three movies is, Wolverine, please stop trying to fuck my girlfriend. (laughs) Stop trying to fuck my girlfriend and stop destroying my car. Yeah. I also feel like, like, Cyclops is a much better character in the comics, but, you know, I I digress. Um, But, yeah, I think that this movie was, uh, this movie was, like, 
you know, it was okay. It was good. It's fine. Uh, yeah. no, like knowing what we know comes afterwards, like, you know, with, with X2, which we'll talk about in a second here and with like other X-Men movies and just other superhero movies in general, this one just kind of, it went from, I'll give Mike, like it was probably top five superhero movies when it came out. Uh, you know, like Batman, Batman Returns, Superman, Blade was pretty good, but like, you know, now it's like, it's kind of an afterthought. Yeah. Um, and it's more of just like, oh, hey, do you remember the original X-Men? Yep. Yeah, I would say we we haven't talked enough about how significant this movie is towards, like, comic book movies now. It was, it was literally, like, the welcome mat to, like, open the door, you know? Like, if it wasn't for this movie, if this movie didn't succeed, like, who would have said that the who would have thought that the avengers would work because like in order for the avengers to work you need this big ensemble of these huge characters and everybody needs the amount of screen time and like x-men was basically a pilot of that where yeah. it it was like okay this type of movie can succeed so that's probably like what kevin feige got out of it where it's like okay we can get these actors to work together and to make this movie not about themselves but like about the story and if it wasn't if it wasn't for x-men being so successful then like who knows if we would have been able to get marvel movies like the marvel cinematic universe now i think you that's a very good yeah. point. hit it right on the head on uh -huh. that one yeah that's not that's not well, something that people talk about a lot of like you know could all the stuff that Kevin Feige like learned on the set of the first couple X-Men movies and like seeing the bad ones that he saw. Cause he was also a producer of like Hulk and daredevil and fantastic four. Like I'm sure he saw like the good and the bad. And obviously like even back in 2006, he was like, Oh yeah, one day we'll make the Avengers. Like he must've learned like, okay, well this is what we need to do in a team movie in order for things to work. Yeah. I, I will also say that, um, my grade coming up is not going to be friendly towards this movie. But that's only because this is the first, like, this year was the first time that I watched it. And, like, there were some, like, some of the effects that don't age well and, like, just the general staleness kind of is affecting the grade for me. But I just wanted to say that ahead of time before I give my final grade. You know what I mean? Like, I do acknowledge that this movie is pretty significant for the MCU and all comic book movies and all pop culture, basically. Um, but I don't want my grade to reflect what I think <laughs> of it, you know? Often his historical so significance and quality, sometimes they don't mesh, but that's... <laughs> yeah. So what's your what's your grade? My, my grade is a C-, minus because we're oh. doing minuses. Oof. Um, I just, I mean, I, compared to the other two movies, it just doesn't, it just doesn't live up to it. I mean, it's a, it's a great way to introduce the world, but a lot of stuff that's really dated really like stuck out to me. And I just, it, it was a movie, like I said, where I was just kind of bored throughout it and then the last half hour happened and then it was over and i was like oh okay that's the movie it kind of made me not want to watch the second movie if i'm being wow. honest but 
it's also a movie that if I watched it when I was like seven years old, I would have fallen in love with it. I would have been running around like punching trees and being like, ah, I'm Wolverine. Matt, you you know you literally would have been seven when that movie came out, right? I know. That's why I said <laughs> <laughs> me seven years old. <laughs> so, Mike, what's your grade? Uh, B plus. I think it's uh, for for what it was again, best one to come out to date at the time. The set the stage, casting was excellent. The a lot of the fact other factors and the fight scenes and all that make up for the little lackluster plot and like the multiple angles that they were trying to go with. So B plus is where I'm at. I think this one's going to be rated the highest for me. Wow. Okay. Wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, of, of of these three, of these three, not not the other. Still, um, I'm just gonna really quick. I'll just say B minus. Um, I thought like you know the story's okay. It was it was cool. Like you know meeting Wolverine and the Professor X stuff and Magneto. Like whether it's Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen playing them or like other actors playing them, uh, McAvoy and Fassbender, like the producers and the writers just get it. And I think that was some good stuff, but the, obviously like some of the minuses are, it just doesn't age well. And Halle Berry's accent is like really hit or miss. She <laughs> so, has an accent in this movie. She's supposed to. Oh, Oh uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so, so I got some fun yeah. facts. All right. Before we move on to X-Men 2. Back to me, bro. Okay. So, in its initial first home video weekend, the film earned $60 million in rentals and direct sales, making it, making it earn more than all films in theaters outside from The Leader, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Another fun fact. At the time of release, X-Men had the sixth biggest opening of all time and marked the first time in history that three pictures had consecutive weekend opening weekends of 40 million dollars in north america after the perfect storms 41.3 million and the best movie out of the three scary movie coming in with 42.3 million dollars to be fair scary movie is an all-time comedy classic <laughs> yeah, yeah. I- just but I thought it. I thought it was crazy that Scary Movie made an opening weekend of forty-two million because comedies normally just make forty million. Yeah. Um, and that's considered good. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. back back then, making a hundred million dollars for a comedy was like whoa. <laughs> yeah. And the last fun fact: Hugh Jackman he took cold showers every morning of filming in order to help get himself into character. The tradition started when jumping into the shower at 5 a.m. before realizing there was no hot water. Shocked awake, but not wanting to wake his sleeping wife, he gritted his teeth and bore it, before realizing that this mindset, wanting to scream and lash out at something, but having to hold it in, was the mentality that Wolverine is in constantly. He then made cold showers his Wolverine preparation routine for each movie featuring the character. Wow. Goddamn. Wow. Yeah. That, 
So it's a little peek behind the curtain there for you guys. I thought you would appreciate that. <laughs> it's a lot of fucking cold showers. Yeah, I'll say. All right, so I guess we'll now move on to the second movie. Do you guys have any final thoughts on X-Men? What? Should have had Gambit. Uh, we'll talk about that. You'll get your wish soon, Mike. <laughs> oh, Mike, just you wait. <laughs> All right, so uh, I guess we'll next talk about X-Men 2, X-Men United. Uh, director Brian Singer, producer Ralph Winner, and Lauren Schuller Donner. The release date was May 2nd, 2003, with a budget of between 110 and 125 million dollars and a box office of 407 million dollars with a runtime of 133 minutes um the cast is pretty much the usual suspects but this time including brian cox as william striker and alan cumming as kirk wagner but in the munich circus he was known more as the nightcrawler <clears throat> yes my favorite x-men personally wow. um so the plot of this movie is uh basically with magneto imprisoned there was really no threat to charles xavier's x-men or was there Whoa. <clears throat> um after a assassination attempt towards the president the president started to uh, put into motion this more, uh, let's just say, aggressive stance on mutant relations and letting uh, uh, <clears throat> and letting uh, this William Stryker fellow uh, more leeway about how he would like to affect uh, mutants. And that started by kidnapping uh, Professor Xavier and uh, Cyclops. Uh thus and then started his trap of having professor xavier use this machine called cerebro which was xavier's way of finding these mutants and finding mutants and being able to bring them to the school of the gifted before their powers got out of control uh striker's plan was to use that against him and have professor xavier try and kill all of the mutants um that plan was thwarted by our heroes, the X-Men, with the help of Magneto and Mystique, while temporarily switching the plan up so that all the humans will die instead of the mutants. But, uh, fortunately for everyone in the world, they all, they all were saved. Oh, except Jean Grey, who died. Uh, and that was the second one. It was my favorite one out of the three. <laughs> a lot of people say it's the best one. It is. Yes. This trilogy is definitely on the Star Wars slash Mighty Duck scale of trilogy. The second one is the best movie out of all of them. I was going to say, third... you're going to have to explain that one. <laughs> yeah. The... <laughs> the second one is definitely the best movie, but the third one is definitely like, oh, it's not as good as the first one, but like, you know, like, it's pretty awesome. You thought the third one was good? We'll talk about it. We'll talk okay. about it. Um, the best part of this movie was the beginning. With the White House. With 
Nightcrawler going through attacking the Secret Service and the him just like uh, teleporting and them shooting at him and the smoke that lingers and just how he goes. It's a good cut of slow motion and regular speed with the cameras. Um, and it really showed Nightcrawler's ability of how good of a superhero he can be or good of a person with powers can be, I guess. Cause at the time, <laughs> I, I think this film lacked a strong central villain. Like the first one had Magneto. That rips right? Yeah, but Stryker is a a very Wolverine-ish villain. Eh, not so much. He tried to kill like sh- all the mutants. I'd say that's a pretty big goal. I know, goal. but but I'm saying if you're if you're a casual fan and you go and you're like, who's William Stryker? But if you have somebody like Omega Red or Apocalypse or I would say Stryker as a you know as a casual fan is probably a lot of people would associate him with Wolverine. I mean, he got the job done for me. Like I thought he was a pretty big villain. No, I mean they did a, they did a good job with what they did, but I, I think it lacked a strong like a stronger named villain. It's like it's like in wrestling, like you you're putting a somebody like Cesaro in the main event. Like he's a really good wrestler and he does the job. But he doesn't have that marquee name that somebody like, like, I don't know, Hulk Hogan would have. I mean... You know what I mean? Like, he'll get the job done, but it's not going to, like, wow you and bring in the casuals. I mean... The casual, like, wrestling fans? Sure. But the casuals, like, everyday people? I mean, it made $400 million in 2003. I'm not saying it was a, I'm not saying it was a bad movie. It wasn't bad. It was just I think the my thing for me was a lack of stronger villain. I think the the gene I like the relationship building with Anna Paquin and um, Iceman. I forget his real name. Chris Mars. Iceman, but oh, uh, that's not his name. Um, Ted Marston. Forget. <laughs> uh, with Iceman and Rogue. They're building that relationship, but like Rogue also sort of stops being like she was the main character in like the first one, and now Wolverine's the main character of the second one. Uh, I think Hugh Jackman hit it out of the park. Same thing with Patrick Stewart, but I don't know. I was just missing that like oomph for me. So, Ron, I feel like that oomph was the scene where. Um, Mystique is in the bar and she lures that security <laughs> guard and she like yeah that was a really weird scene yeah that was weird but it was really cool like when Magneto like freaking like breaks out of the oh plastic. yeah he fucking and... bloodbends yeah like he's a fucking bloodbender Holy that scene shit. that scene alone was just like well set me up I mean, it was really cool oh yeah yeah. That was really cool. This movie had a bunch of just brutal deaths. <laughs> yeah. It's just... Um, yeah, I think overall this is probably the of the early X-Men movies. Um, I think it's definitely the best. You know, considering the three, four that came after it. 
Yeah, like X2 is like um, really, really good. Um, it definitely holds up, and I, I, I don't know. I, I'll have more thoughts about looking back on this when we talk about The Last Stand, but I think like this is a standalone movie. Like when the government attacks the, uh, the Xavier School, like, you know, that was a great scene. Yeah, that was awesome. I was not expecting that. Yeah. Because this was also my first time watching. I wa- This was my first time watching the original trilogy. Like, preparing for this for this episode. I've watched the other ones, like, after. Like, my first X-Men movie was Origins Wolverine, which... Oh, um, you poor soul. Yeah. Oh, um, God. But, like... I was not expecting that. I I was not expecting like a comic book movie in like two thousand in like the two thousands and like two thousand three and two thousand six to have like these mature themes to it. You know, like I was expecting like a like oh them running around in their leather outfits just being like ha ha like campy almost, but like it was not. <laughs> I also oh god man ah no you could go. I was just going to say, I like that, like, you know, there's, there's legit consequences movie to movie, like whether, like whatever you think about them, like sometimes in, in movies, just like plots are dropped or something like that. But like, you know, Magneto goes from the jail and he's still in jail. And like, they figured out like a really cool way to break him out of this jail. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then, you know, uh, what you call it? Jean Grey gets killed in this, and then the next one, it's like, oh, what are they going to do? And then so they like, talk to the president at the end of the movie being like, um, yo, mutants aren't all that bad. Like, we fucked up this time, but it could have been a <laughs> lot worse, just letting you know. <laughs> and, yeah, so I think that this this one was, like, the strongest of them, and then Matt can... Oh, we'll give our grades first, and then yeah. we'll, we'll talk about how... Brian Singer was lured to Superman, along with James Marston, and yeah, yeah. Right. So I'm gonna and your grade. So I'm gonna give this grade. I'm gonna give this movie. I'm gonna say B plus. I'm gonna say B plus. I think it was the best movie out of the three. Um, it's definitely a movie I want to come back to. It's a movie that I really enjoyed watching. And it was one of those movies when I'm in the middle of watching it and going, like, I can't wait to, like, watch this again. <laughs> <laughs> so, I I don't think it's the best X-Men movie, although it's up there, I would say. It's it's in the conversation for me, but I'm going to say B+, anyway. Mike, what about you? Um, I'm just going to go with a regular B. I don't think it was as good as the first one. I think it was... Well done. Um, it took everything right from the first one, except for the stronger villain. A uh, better plot for sure. But uh, like I said, for me, I just missed that like that strong marquee villain. Like I like big gimmicks. I like big like superstars and flashy things like that. So uh, it's just a B for me. Is there, a grade? Is there a grade that I can give between A and B? Can I give this an Abby? Is that okay? <laughs> um, I mean, A and B would be B plus. I know. Um, I guess I'll, I'll I'll give it like a like an eighty nine. I'll give it a strong B plus. 
right there. Um, I just feel like there's just like just there's just one ingredient missing. I can't put my finger on it. But d- despite strong villain, despite that, it's just um, you know it's still a really good movie, really strong movie. It holds up, which you know a lot of movies of that era, comic book or not, like unless it's like a really great movie, they just don't hold up. So, uh, you know, like, um, <laughs> like, oh my God, Matt, what's the fucking movie? It's, I'm blanking on it. Should be a little more specific? Strikers, coders, um, it's not hackers. Hackers, yes, <laughs> hackers stands the test of time. Uh, oh yeah, totally. <laughs> that's an inside joke between between us. So yeah. Uh, so Matt, what happened in X3? Oh, I have some fun facts. Yeah, okay. If that's okay. No. Please. Okay, so fun fact for X2 before we move on. The first cut of X2 was actually rated R due to the violent shots with Logan when Stryker's army storms the X-Mansion. Hell yeah. A few seconds were cut to secure a PG-13 rating. Yeah, I was actually very surprised on, like, how legit that movie went about how they were just totally okay with shooting kids with, like, <laughs> with like darts, not with bullets, for people who haven't seen it. <laughs> but, like... They didn't it, Anakin them. <laughs> yeah. Um, another fun fact. Most of the extras playing Frozen people were actually mimes who are used to not moving. Which I thought that was probably one of the cooler parts wow. of the movie. That <laughs> That's actually movie a movie. really fun, I, it's a fun, fun fact. So, like, people who haven't seen the movie, there's two times where basically time stops, with the exception of a couple people. And they actually had, like, the people that were signif- showing that time stood still, like, they actually stood in place. And, like, it's one of those things that, like, when I'm watching something, I try to, like, watch the background to see if, like, people are, like, blinking or, like, if I can see them, like, breathing. And they were actually, they didn't blink, and it wasn't noticeable breathing, like, to the point where I was like, did they do special effects for that? And so, when I read that, I was like, okay, that's really dope. Like, (laughs) props, props, because that was awesome. Um, And the final fun fact is... Brian Singer credits the X-Men graphic novel God God Loves, Man Kills, which was released in 1982, as an influence to the script. As in the movie, the novel concerns William Stryker uh, building a replica of Cerebro and kidnapping Professor Xavier so that he can kill all the mutants. The X-Men are forced to ally themselves with Magneto to stop him. Basically, that was the comic, the novel, the graphic novel to inspire the movie, which I thought was really cool that they that he called out something because like i don't really know if the first movie was based off of stuff but like stuff like that really interests me so fun fact yay (laughs) all right (laughs) any last comments about the second movie or are we gonna move on to the third one third one okay so x-men the last stand uh is the third and final movie of this trilogy the director is Brett Ratner, not Brian Singer, which we will talk about later on. Uh, produced by Lauren Schuler, Dahmer, Ralph Winter, and Avi Arid. 
Uh, the release date was May 26, 2006, with a budget of $210 million and a box office of $460 million. Um, the cast, the usual suspects, yet again. Uh, Kelsey Grammer making a, an appearance as The Beast. Ellen Page as Kitty Pride, And Vinnie Jones as the Juggernaut, the juggernaut bitch. bitch. <laughs> yeah. Um... <clears throat> So the plot of this movie is the U.S. government has discovered a cure to the mutant genome, uh, which can turn any mutant into a normal human being, which creates a outrage amongst the mutant community. Uh, some mutants like the idea, like Rogue and other people that, you know, just want to move on with their lives. Um, Magneto takes really big offense to that. And kind of starts his own rebellion or his own faction called the Brotherhood. And it's their goal to take out the serum and so destroying the government because they felt really insulted by that. Um, meanwhile, Jean Grey comes back um, as Phoenix or Dark Phoenix or Phoenix. Yeah, let's just say Phoenix because they don't really say about it in the... Um, in the movie and she phoenix is the most powerful mutant that has ever that they have ever encountered um more powerful than magneto and xavier and all of that so uh with the help of phoenix and all of that magneto storms uh the scientist facility and the x-men are there to try and stop them with the military using plastic weapons which very smart um ultimately ending in magneto losing his powers uh a lot of mutants just fucking dying for no reason and um phoenix dying which then makes humanity safe again question mark it kind of ends open-endedly which i don't really like but that's basically the movie um, it's not as good as the second one, but I enjoyed it. Also, it was really cool that they fucking just murked Cyclops in the first ten minutes. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty bold statement, but, uh, it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah. Did I miss anything? No. Uh, I think you're so. good, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> so what did you guys think? <clears throat> It's the worst one. I hated it. <laughs> the only good thing about it was they killed Cyclops. Because he's terrible. Wow. The Juggernaut was pretty cool. He just... <laughs> he just didn't really feel like the Juggernaut, I guess. Bitch. He was the Juggernaut, um, bitch. Phoenix was lame. Um, the finale... Like, climax between Pyro and Iceman just wasn't what it should have been. And... I can't wait to get my grade. Okay. Rock. Uh, unpopular opinion. I feel like this one gets a bad rap because, in some cases, deservedly so, because of killing off Psychopus early. To be fair, James Marsden asked for that to happen 
because he wanted to go shoot Superman with uh, Brian Singer and because of like the way that they kind of really messed up the Phoenix saga and Brett Ratner. But like <laughs> this movie has like some okay things in it. Like if I'm being honest, like, it, it just does. Like again, it's not, it's not as good as the first two, but it's not so, so horrible. Like, I, I'll, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about when I, when I give my grade or like, you'll see what I think when I give my grade, Matt, do you want to start us off with the grades? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so my grade for it, I, I'm leaning more towards Ron on the scale than, uh, Mike. I'm going to give it a C plus. I don't think it's from the reputation it gets. I didn't think it was that bad. I wasn't bored with the movie at all. Um, but that could also be because I kind of like the rogue character and that whole storyline between rogue and Iceman and was, I was kind of into it. Um, but like, it's not bad. The action was good. Like them killing Cyclops. I was like, wow, that's a cool twist. And then, cause, and then killing Xavier, like that was nuts. Yeah. Like, I really liked, I think Ian McKellen's performance in this movie was probably the best out of the entire trilogy, where he's slowly losing his mind, and, like, when he sees his friend die. Like, the best line was when Magneto finally, like, sees Phoenix for who she is, and he's like, what have I done? Like, he's just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's basically, like, Civil War like this movie was essentially Marvel Civil War, uh, until like Black Panther was just like I'm the Phoenix now, and then Tony Stark would have been like, "Fuck." Yeah. So <laughs> like, I don't think it is. <clears throat> I don't think it is as bad as a lot of people say. Um, but yeah, that's really about it. Now I'm waiting for Mike to just absolutely trash it. So, Mike, you're up. This movie was so bad, F. it had no dialogue. <laughs> it didn't. It, it, was, it was an F. It's the worst one. It is one of the worst superhero no. movies they made. Not even the worst of the franchise. It's not even the worst of the decade. <laughs> um, I mean, so some of the Wolverine ones are worse. <laughs> we'll talk about it, folks. But... Well, all right. Um, Sorry, Mike. I got to interrupt. You. No, no, it's it's um, it, it's an it's just it's bad, just bad. The character, the characters are bad. They just kill people off with no rhyme or reason. It's not fleshed out. The Phoenix was very poorly done. Even the most recent Phoenix was better. Well. <laughs> I will um, I, I will say that for as powerful as she is, supposedly, the only thing that she did was kill Xavier, and then the rest of the time she just stood there brooding. I will... I'll... Yeah, it, it was just it was just boring. It just wasn't good to me. It was very anticlimactic. I mean, everybody should see it once, but then after that, don't waste your time. It's really just poorly done. Killing Xavier... The way they set it up for a fourth one, it was just all bad decisions all around. I felt like they just wanted to just put something out there to do it, and they just threw 
you know, darts at a whiteboard with, or a cork board with notes on it and was like, all right, let's do that. It was just bad. Ron? Um, I said unpopular opinion. It's not as bad as everyone thinks, so I'm going to say C minus. Still not great. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, freaking, I have to admit, uh, I love Kelsey Grammer. I think I've mentioned it on the show before. Frasier is one of my favorite television shows of all time. And I think, like, you know, coming in onto what a lot of people thought would be the last X-Men movie in this series. And, like, he did, like, a really good job of, you know, portraying someone who wants to kind of be cured. And, like, his dream is to be cured. And playing, like, the exact opposite of what Magneto wanted to. So I think he did good there. Um, But then again... The whole, like, thing where, like, you know, Jean Grey and Wolverine are about to have sex and then, like, Jean, like, uses her mind powers to take off Wolverine's belt. 16-year-old me thought that that was great, but now watching it, it's like, oh, oh, man. And <laughs> yeah, then, <laughs> that came out of nowhere. But I was then, like, nice. <laughs> and then, what, what you call it? at the end, we're like... Professor X wakes up. I think it's like like his brother's body or something like that. I don't know. It's just weird. Was that like a mid credit scene? Maybe. Yeah. And, okay. Um, I didn't yeah. watch any of the credits. I just <laughs> like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> um, but what the hell was I gonna say? Oh yeah, the most disappointing part of that entire movie to me, without a doubt, was the stupid bald kid who was great in Thank You for Smoking and was atrocious in this. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid kid! I don't. Cam, Cam, Cam. Whatever the hell his name is. I Ron, don't care. I'm surprised it's taking you this long to talk about. Thank you for smoking. It's one of my favorite films. Ever. I know. I'm surprised. <laughs> it's a great. I'm movie. surprised it's taking you like Are 70, you? 60 episodes to talk about this. Yeah, it's um, not really like comic booky. Right? Oh but, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank also, you for smoking is great. Also, like. What was the, like, the whole importance of, what was the, the person with wings? Is that name, like, Angel or something? Angel, yes. Yeah. Angel. Like, I thought, I thought that character was going to be, like, pretty important, other than for, like, being in it yeah. for, like, I would probably say two minutes. Well, yeah, the opening <laughs> scene was him, and, like, that was a cool opening scene of him, like, cutting to, tr- trying to cut his wings as a kid, and then, like... He's just shirtless and flying with pants later. Yeah. Like... Also, another thing, and this was <laughs> this was a bit. I I was kind of mad at it. So like you know when Wolverine's like walking up towards like Phoenix and like you know like his his like his skin's being like torn off but like regenerating and all of that. Yeah. You know how his shirt gets disintegrated but his pants don't. Is that like Hulk pants? It's just yeah the continuity yeah. the continuity man I just I just can't I just can't um but I have some fun facts I have some final fun facts for it please so the first one we're gonna bring Kelsey Grammer was so keen to play Beast that he agreed to do an audition this was the first time that Kelsey Grammer had auditioned for anything in over twenty years goddamn. Also, Kelsey Grammer has gone on record saying that Beast is one of his favorite roles of his career, going so far as to do a last-minute reprisal cameo in Days of Future Past. Spoilers. 
again, like as I said, I yeah. really enjoyed his performance on us. Yeah, and he was, and it was obvious that he was like really into it. It wasn't just like a paycheck for him. Yeah. Um. Uh. In June two thousand and nine, Brian Singer admitted in an interview that he regretted declining to direct this movie in favor of Superman Returns, <laughs> confessing that he realized his mistake. Quote. Before I was watching the movie, during watching it, and after watching it, end quote. <laughs> and, the final one, budgeted at $200 million, this was, at the time, the most expensive movie ever made. That is until uh, Avatar just, like, left. Just left. Oh my god. $200 million for a 2006 movie? Oh, also, the last one. Last one. Um... This is my personal favorite. So, Vinny Jones, the juggernaut bitch, um, he actually had a career before acting. He was actually a pretty successful soccer player. Yeah. Uh, he played for uh, Wimbledon, Leeds, Sheffield United, uh, Chelsea, Wimbledon, and Queen's Park Rangers, and even had caps for his national team of Wales. I was, I was, I knew this fact for the longest time because I researched, I did some research on him, uh, after I watched the movie, um, what was it? It's the one with Stone Cold and it's basically like the Hunger Games, but it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, it's, um, I forget the name. I know yeah. you're talking about though. But like. I was oh my like, God. I just came up with an episode idea. Okay, go ahead. And he's just, and he's the biggest, and he's like the villain of the, and so I'm watching and I'm like, this schmuck is so bad at acting. So I looked at his like career page and I found out that he was a soccer player <laughs> and like a good one too. He had a 15 year long career. So, <laughs> so like good for him, man. Like that's awesome. Like he's Acting was his retirement gig. <laughs> so I just wanted to put that out there. Um, but other than that, any final words on the original X-Men trilogy? This original trilogy continued the time-honored tradition and film that the third movie is usually always the worst. I think they started out strong. And they just ruined it by the end. And they, I don't know if they were looking at the effects of the other movies that were coming out at the time and just really gave up, or if they were planning on a reboot or what they were trying to do. But it was wasted opportunity. All right. I thought it was fine. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was fun. Yeah, for the amount of times that I watched the first five minutes of all three of those movies on FX and then changing the channel, um, I thought it was actually good watching them. I'm glad that I watched all three of these movies. I probably will only ever watch the second one again. But the second one was good. I'll say. It's one of my more favorite comic book movies. Yeah, yeah. Let us know your favorites at PopCultureFed on Twitter or at pop underscore culture underscore fed on Instagram. Bye, Mom. Bye, Matt's mom.